You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. Before we get to the show, just wanted to announce that we have a brand new sponsor. It's Zencaster. They help us record all of our remote audio with our guests coming on to the show. And we're going to have a link in the show notes if you'd like to start your own podcast and get studio quality sound. Or you can uh, listen to Halftime, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about why we love Zencaster. Enjoy the show. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and as always, I'm joined here by Jeff, Ken, and Matt. How are you all? Very well. Thank you, Neil. Good. Good. Doing awesome. And Matt is doing some uh, clerical work here. So you're actually not going to play today, Matt, but I, I think from it's what you're- balancing the books. I was going <laughs> to say, you're balancing the books, also trying to keep our bookie uh, from you know getting caught, I think. There's a lot of book-related things I'm doing over here. You're over at the Vegas uh, Sports Bet, uh, whatever it is, the MGM Sports Arena, or wherever Jamie Foxx is advertising. Yeah, ten team parlays. Ten team, yeah, whatever that means. Ten team parlays, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, we're here today. And can uh, you were telling us about a, a script that uh, you had to produce in college about uh, names being you know used way too much in the dialogue, which is a, a no no for screenwriting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this was a very bizarre script. I think they picked it because it was bizarre and difficult, mm-hmm. and then took a lot of editing to get it to a usable point. But one of the one of the main things was, was using the character's name in every line of dialogue. Neil. Right. It's very unnatural when that happens, Neil. Well, it doesn't so make Neil, any... Neil, if you ever write a script, you don't want to do that, Neil. So, Ken, what you're telling me is that if Jeff wanted to write a script, that, that uh, he'd have to not use names. Is that right, Ken? That's right, Neil. <laughs> okay. And that makes sense, because you don't want a movie that with the, uh, the names. It reminds me, in college, I did a similar thing where we all had a different role, and I remember we did a scene from the Dead Poets Society, which was one of them, and one of the uh, students from Jordan and uh, Dubai did a uh, a reading of Reservoir Dogs, the table scene. And uh, one of the filmmakers, who was his turn to direct, was a surfer. And he took the camera and he literally sprinted around the table to emulate Quentin Tarantino's, you know, the circular spin, dolly. Yeah. But he sprinted. And he's like, it's going to really up the, you know, the, the pressure, the tension. The tension. Yeah. The ten- Will he tip? Yeah. And it was completely out of focus. He won't tip. Yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking of movies, though, uh, our special guest today, who's going to be a competitor, uh, hosts a podcast that uh, I luckily found uh, through Twitter after interacting with him, uh, sort of talking about the, the Swayze book that's out there now. And I appreciate everyone who's been been getting it, being Patrick Swayze. Um, but he reached out and um, I found his podcast, which has been so much fun. I'll let him explain what it is. It's a, a format that I didn't even know existed in the podcast world, but it's uh, really clever. And uh, there's almost you know a, a version of it for movies that you'll love but speaking of movies let's interview and introduce uh roger wistar coming to us from northwest connecticut and uh, you are the host of what podcast is that roger oh hi neil thanks for having me on uh, yeah so my wife marcy and i i have to make sure to point out that this was her idea we're the hosts of roadhouse minute uh the the minute by minute podcast about the best uh, bad movie of all time roadhouse uh, which is i guess how you and i got connected with each other over Twitter. I was going back and rereading that thread. You So you honestly came to our podcast just sort of coincidentally on Twitter. Is that true? That is true. Yeah, I had no idea that it existed. And when I saw it, I immediately started listening. So it's it's been so much fun. You must be one of our dozen of listeners. <laughs> um, we're, we're, 
our our fan base is is small but very committed, uh, and so we've uh, we've we've wrapped principal recording uh, on all 114 wow. episodes. I can't believe we've done that. Uh, three and the podcast comes out uh, three times a week. Uh, we've published I think about 50 episodes now since the start of the year, uh, and you can find it where all great podcasts are are being hosted: iTunes, uh, Google. Spotify, all those good things. Um, and so by it's and and how, what is a minute by minute podcast for anyone who? Yeah, might so know? so it it's it's crazy, but just like it sounds, uh, we every episode talks about one minute of the movie Roadhouse for approximately twenty to thirty minutes. Uh, but it's more than that, you know. We I think we go into some detail about uh, all of the. Uh, the people that were on in the movie and we go into a little bit of backstory about how the movie was made, but really it's just an opportunity for my wife and I and a whole bunch of special guests to just sit around and, you know, talk about the, the movie that we love because Roadhouse is, is crazy fun to talk about. Well, we appreciate you being here. It's a really fun podcast. Make sure to check it out. And if you like that format after listening to Roger and Marcy's podcast, there's just a, a million of them for different movies, Star Wars, Mission Impossible, Fast and the Furious, any movie you could think of. There's a, a great minute-by-minute minute, uh, podcast in that format. I'm going to uh, do one for Love by Gaspar Noe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. There's a, lot of, about. there's a lot of uh, dialogue-free scenes there, yeah. but I'm sure there's no shortage <laughs> we'll of uh, <laughs> things to talk about. Uh, Neil, I'll just add, too, since you mentioned that, if you're interested in those sorts of things, of course you should listen to Roadhouse Minute. But if you go to moviesbyminutes.com, uh, that's sort of the central repository. And you're right, there's more than 200 Movies by Minutes podcasts that are out now on the internet with many more in production. Uh, so if, if you like what you hear on our podcast, I'm sure you can find others that uh, you will enjoy just as much. Awesome. Well, uh, so Roadhouse obviously is about uh, Dalton, uh, the best damn cooler in the business, uh, and we need a very good cooler, someone to run today's show, uh, just like Dalton does, because it's his way or the highway. So we're going to introduce our host today, coming to us from the Bay Area. He's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and that is Matt Takamoto. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. And thank you for uh, becoming a new patron of the show recently. Uh, we're so happy to have you supporting us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, um, you know, being an Oakland Five supporter is apt because I teach the fifth grade in Oakland, California. So it, it really kind of checked out there. Uh, yeah, I definitely got into trivia during the pandemic when there was nothing else to do. Uh, so uh, it was fun stumbling upon triviality as I dove deeper into the the trivia world and getting a chance to listen to some episodes. And that coincided nicely because I got my moment in the sun on Jeopardy this past season. Uh, I snuck in in between all the super champs and, and won a game. So that was Ooh, congrats. congrats. Wow. That's so much fun. So uh, so that's awesome. So we have a podcaster. We have a Jeopardy alumni. So we are uh, and we're, four schmucks and four schmucks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're doing great today. So uh, t the teams today are going to be Roger and Jeff uh, and me and Ken. As we said, Matt is going to be sitting out uh, dealing with our bookie. So uh, Roger, you and Jeff are going to partner. What would you like your team name to be today? Well, in honor of Roadhouse, uh, we are going to call our team the Jasper Improvement Society. All right. And if you haven't seen the movie, that's uh, the uh, basically the shadow company that uh, uh, Wesley uses to uh, bleed the town dry. So... Um, Ken, the only way that I know to get a hold of Wesley and get his gaze staring at you longingly mm -hmm. is by doing Tai Chi at dawn. Sounds good. So it'll be Tai Chi at dawn. Tai Chi at dawn. All right, let's get the rules and get the game started. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. All right, we have the rules, so let's get the game started. Question one. Just hours before your trivia host was born on February 22nd, 1987, which artist and filmmaker died in Manhattan at the age of 58 following gallbladder surgery? Uh, that was my guess, too. Um, did they die that young? 
Oh, I'm sorry. They died at... I'm, I was doing my math incorrectly. Yes, I. that was my guess. So let's just go with that. Okay, we're locked in. What are your thoughts, Wow, Roger? Jeff. <laughs> so this is how it's going to be. Um, <laughs> artist and filmmaker. So died in 87 at 57. Um, 58, I believe. 58. 58. Yeah. So they were born 58. in like 1929, 1930, somewhere artist. in there. The artist. Oh, 29, 28. Artist, 29. artist is throwing me off. Artist and filmmaker. Do you have any idea? I don't know. Wow. Okay. Uh, Not great with this stuff. So maybe somebody who would have come to prominence in the 40s then, in their early 20s. I have no idea, so I'm just going to guess Andy Warhol. Okay. I'm okay with Andy Warhol. We guessed Andy Warhol as well, but we don't know really. Uh, Points to both teams. Great pull at the end there. Jeff, all right, Jeff, that was my one correct answer. You're going to have to carry me for the rest I of the I doubt all right, I'm feeling pretty good poll. now. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, giving artist and filmmaker equal weight was trickier because he's definitely more well-known for the art side. All right, on to question two. Which tool dates back to Mesopotamia and ancient Egypt as two pieces of metal brazed together at one end to form pincers? The name we use today comes from the French word for small case, as they were commonly found inside these carrying cases. I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but oh. we can let them lock in. Okay, great. I don't know if I'm too familiar with this. If it if it wasn't in Stargate. <laughs> what? I, we're, we're just picking an answer here, so we're, we're good. I love me some Stargate. I thought it was tweezers. What do you think? Okay. I'm okay with that. Yes, it would be on the smaller side, and it would be two pieces of metal fused together. I'm, I think tweezers is a good answer. And it, it was a French origin name, so tweezer. Sure. <laughs> if you, well, if prefer. you pronounce it that way, anything sounds French. Yeah. Um, we said shears, mm-hmm. right? So we don't, we don't really know. All right, and points to the Jasper Improvement Society. It is tweezers. Hey, mm. interesting. This one. They got right, splinters on... back then too. Yeah, he was he was teaching uh, kung fu all the way back in Egyptian times, or they were plucking lots of things. Yeah. All right. Question three: The stigma of the crocus flower is used to make what spice? I know that one. I'm locked in. All right, <laughs> Roger, coming in here thinking, I don't know if I'm going to do okay, high. and then just carrying me like this whole time so the the stigmata of the crocus flower not the stigmata oh, okay <laughs> that's an t- entirely different situation deal but it, anytime the you want to show me the, the crocus yes exactly anytime you want to show me jim caviezel carrying crocuses up to the mountain <laughs> let me know um i believe this is the most expensive spice mm. the, the the yellow or red oh uh saffron Saffron, yes, I think you're right. I think that is the most expensive spice. And that's what I was going to say as well, saffron. And points to both teams. It is saffron. Have any of you ever cooked with saffron before? No, I'm poor. I have not. It's I have fantastic. I mean, so when you yeah. go to the grocery store and you buy saffron, it comes in a jar, but in the jar is like a little tiny envelope. The thing I love the best about saffron is like when you read the unit prices, like you know how they list like here's the price of each thing per pound. Yeah. And then for saffron, it's like five digits long. <laughs> that, saffron is crazy expensive you can use it to make paella that's the only thing yeah, that's I've ever that's what that's what i've used it for is is for paella it's paella. Uh, very tasty yeah all right enough all right. enough rich guys let's uh... <laughs> yeah. all right we we'll, we'll we'll stay we'll stay in the food world though for question four to Bra- turn eggs noodles <laughs> okay now we're talking <laughs> some momofuku questions all right no uh question four to turn Eggs Benedict into Eggs Chesapeake, replace or supplement the English muffin with what food item? Would that be gross? Yeah. That would? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did he write? Maybe yeah, we need to know what you wrote. wrote. That, that makes sense to me, just the location of Chesapeake, which I believe is Upper East Coast, kind of. And that, that would that, okay. that makes a lot more so sense. So we Roger, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what I know, and then hopefully you'll come up with a good answer. So the Chesapeake Bay, where I grew up in Baltimore, is sort of in the middle. It's like right in between Maryland and Virginia. I thought it was going to be Old Bay, but you can't replace an English muffin with a spice. I love Old Bay seasoning. I put it on fries. I do too. It's fantastic. Um, but 
it's it's got to be something that can carry you know it's got to be something like some bread type thing what do you think yeah i was thinking either bread or like a hearty vegetable because generally i mean i've seen people put tomatoes on eggs benedict but it's not always on eggs benedict you love eggs benedict i love eggs benedict you always order i I eat it all the time uh but eggs chesapeake i'm not familiar with so i'm not sure if they put it on something like a tomato or a bagel or god i don't know whatever you think is best i'll go with your answer this uh we'll say toast Okay, we did go with the bagel, uh, but uh, Neil originally wrote like fish or something. <laughs> Maybe it's just a little fish, and they, they throw like, some sauce on top of a so- salmon on a a steamed crab shell. Yeah, like a full soft <laughs> shell crab or something. Anyways, um, yeah, we said Arnold. bagel. We just said bagel. So we we had bagel and toast. We were actually getting there with the banter. Uh, it is a crab cake. What? Oh, oh, that makes sense. I wasn't too far oh. off. They're never going to let me to come, come along back with to football. My that's what Maryland does. Crab cake. Crab that's right. I figured that that world, uh, part of the world, uh, Chesapeake Bay, had to have been some sort of. I was fish. picturing like a piece of fried, Just, like like perch or something. I I could see it being served on like a salmon fillet. Yeah, that, that would be fine. that would be good. But like he oh, wrote fri- ben- like fried fish. Yeah. <laughs> Eggs Benedict on a crab cake would be delicious. Circling back to Old Bay, has anybody had the Old Bay goldfish crackers yet? No, that have been going around no, the internet. That sounds is this great. a thing? That I've, never had, like, I, I've only seen pictures of it. Of like, it's a limited edition Old Bay goldfish cracker. What is Old Bay? A spice? It's a seasoning. Yeah, it's when it's like your a seasoning boyfriend blend. or girlfriend is really elderly. Oh, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> what? I was gonna say. Oh, I get you, it. Have you had the uh, the Bayhive uh, goldfish, which are just in the shape of Sasha Fierce? Okay, it's very silence. specific. Right. Well, Bay Bayhive. Old- we get it's a very Maryland that. thing. They use it. It's best known for putting on steamed crabs. Mm, okay. You can put that on anything. But you I... can put it on anything. If any of you all have ever been to a Bojangles, as I have many times, that's what you get on their French fries. Mm. It is really good. On French I do fries. put it on French fries. It's been a lot of seasoning talk on this. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're ready to be put on the, the grill. All right. Let's keep moving here. Uh, <laughs> question five. What two-word term with origins in the late 19th century refers to a particular type of xenophobia where Asians are painted as a larger existential threat to the Western world? This anti-Asian sentiment has led to such actions as the Chinese Exclusion Act and the Japanese-American internment during World War II. Randall Park's character's band in the film Always Be My Maybe gets its name from this term. Love that movie. Me too. Can I ask you something like a qualifier for this question, <laughs> just so I don't say something. Is the is, would this term be like outdated? Oh, I'm assuming so. Um, it's. I mean, it kind of still gets used to refer to the you know kind of the but there's more a, but there's a portion of this question that would you would consider outdated. Sure. Racist. Okay. Yeah. I I, I just d- don't want to say something. That- <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do know it. I do just you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think as okay. as as part of the term, it's you know, it's historical, to say the least. So Ken, I just watched this like three days ago. Uh, oh, the movie. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I know it. Um, they had the song "Tennis Ball" that they sing in the movie, which is really good. It's a great movie. Uh, let me write it down. I'm almost positive I know it though. Let me. Just... I think I know it from a historical perspective too. So let's just uh, confer and. All right, we're locked in. Jeff, yeah, I've we... got an I- I've got an idea, and I think I've been given permission to be low key racist. So that's what my <laughs> guess probably will be. Okay. What do you think, Roger? What's what's your thought on that? Uh, the the only thing I wrote down was yellow scare. Yeah, I think that's an appropriate answer to the question. Yeah, I think uh, yellow scare, or yellow peril. Yeah, I mean the yeah because the band's name is Hello Peril. Oh, okay, from the movie. Ah. Uh. Uh, yeah, the correct answer is yellow peril. I think we can ex- th- we can I accept yellow points, scare, yeah. um, yellow terror, yellow specter. Also, kind of terms that got thrown okay. around during that. But yes, that is the correct answer. Okay, after five questions, uh, it looks like Team Tai Chi at dawn. Uh, we have thirty points over here, and uh, Team Jasper and Proven Society uh, have forty. So very close. All right, question six in round one. The Scoville scale is used to measure what? Measurements can range from zero to over four million Scoville units. I'm locked in. Uh, Roger, I'm confident too, so. That's a spicy (laughs) amethyst. Matt, please, get back to your clerical work. Yeah, we think how spicy something is or 
the heat. Yeah, thank you to Hot Ones for always telling us how many Scovilles everything has. Yep. I think we yeah. agree, Roger. Yeah, it was the, the hotness. I think it's usually associated with chili peppers mostly, but I guess generally the hotness of your food. Uh, yeah, points to both teams. This is the spiciness of peppers or the concentration of capsaicinoids, if you want to get scientific about the whole thing. All right, question seven. What Italian businessman opened a coffee and chocolate shop in Lima, Peru in 1838, only to move to California a decade later amid the gold rush? The company he founded in San Francisco still bears his name today. Yeah, the, the other name that I came up with, I think, is strictly Italian from Italy. So mm -hmm. that one, I know it's in a lot of American cities. So I like that. Okay, we're elected. What are some other coffee chains, maybe? Coffee or, or maybe a famous chocolatier? Is this like a Ghirardelli? Oh, yes. Let's do that. We're going to guess Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. I like that idea because Ghirardelli chocolate's everywhere. And that's very, sounds like a very Italian name. It yeah. does sound Italian. And so we said Ghirardelli. And well uh, thought out there. Uh, it is Domenico Ghirardelli. Ooh. Ah, uh, Jeff, nice poll. Thank you. Nice. It's the and first I, and I learned in, I learned in playtesting that there is a, a Ghirardelli shop in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, question eight in round one. There are two U.S. state capital names that also appear as one of the top 30 baby names for 2020. One is in the top 30 for babies assigned female at birth, and one is in the top 30 for babies assigned male at birth. For 10 points, name one of the two. For a bonus five points, name both. Little baby Sacramento? <laughs> <laughs> Get I really wanted sack. to name my child oh. Des Moines, but my wife said no. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I have them both now. All right. These guys are in. And uh, uh, what, is Austin the capital of Texas? Yes. Austin, I think we should go with one. That's a good one. And uh, the other one, I have no idea, to be honest. Let's see. Charles Snow. Oh, Rayleigh? Oh, uh, Raleigh, Rayleigh. Yeah, there's there's a ton of girls at the school that I teach at named Rayleigh. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine with me. So you're going with so that. Austin Rayleigh. All right. So Roger and I were talking. He wrote down two that I liked. He wrote down Augusta and Jackson. Correct. Yeah, but we're not going with both of those. No, right? we're gonna um, we're gonna substitute one for the state nearest to Illinois to the north, um, and we're gonna go Madison and Jackson. Mm. And those are gonna be our two names that we're going with. All right, and full points to the Jasper Improvement Society. It is Madison and Jackson. I completely forgot about Madison. Excellent work. Yeah. <laughs> so many Madisons. 40% of the girls that get shaken espressos are named Madison. Fun fact. Ha is this from your <laughs> It's now a data analysis podcast. <laughs> All right, question nine. Aptly named after a high school movie filled with controversial acts, what code name was used for the investigation into college admissions fraud, the findings of which indicted eight schools, 11 coaches, and three dozen parents, including actresses Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman? I'm locked in. All right. I will trust Roger on this one, and you guys can talk it out. Those twins needed that to get in from Aunt Becky. I think I know what it is, actually. Is it Varsity Blues? I believe so. I was just trying to remember. I know this trial. I know the, the case. Uh, I think it is Varsity Blues. Yeah, because he said lewd acts or just acts or something, which you have the whipped cream, obviously. Oh, yeah. Which is what we do after we record every Sunday mm -hmm. for sustenance. He still won't respond to any of my fan mail. <laughs> Go down to the Ghirardelli and get some whipped cream. <laughs> what did you guys have? Yes, we uh, we picked the highlight of James Vanderbeek's career, Varsity Blues. And the only cure for the Monday Blues. <laughs> And points to both teams. It is Operation Varsity Blues. Awesome. It's also the title of the Netflix. It's a documentary great documentary. I, I recommend that to everyone. All right. And last question in round one. Question 10. What West Coast rapper with five albums to crack the Billboard 200 charts between 1995 and 2018 has notably broken into the food and drink business with Earl Stevens Wines? Sausages and ice cream under the name The Goon with the Spoon and E Quarenta Tequila. Everybody's got a tequila brand these days. I know. Okay. I, I have a pretty good guess and I will lock in for both of us. 
I think if my name was Earl Stevens, I'd change it to something cool. So I'm not sure um, Dr. Dre's got his hand in a bunch of businesses. Could be Dr. Dre. Um, Dr. Dre's line of uh, medical clinics. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, who does student activities today, was here at my school, was just telling me about uh, a hip-hop artist they booked that was a blank with a blank. And if I, I wish I could remember those two things, because that would have been my answer. Goon with a spoon seems that seems important too. I was just gonna go my favorite West Coast rapper, the D O Double G, Snoop Dogg. He is uh, business that's fine. Yeah, I'll I, go with I, that although too. I'm pretty sure he's Calvin Brodus, but uh... he is. <laughs> so Earl that's... Stevens uh, sells wine, uh, not necessarily red red wine uh, from UB40, but if you just take the 40 and put the E from Earl's name, we went with E40. And E40 is correct. I and can't even feel bad. I've never heard of E40. Oh, and you're missing out. Cuarenta tequila is E40 in Spanish. So oh, you're right yeah. off with that. Yeah, that it is. There. <laughs> Thanks to Neil on that one. Because I, too, did not know that name. Not from the Spanish, that's for sure. At the end of the first round, it looks like Team Tai Chi at Dawn is picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 70. And the Jasper Improvement Society picking up 45, bringing their total to 85 Right before we throw it to Matt for the swing round, uh, just wanted to thank him for being a patron and uh, helping us on our road to 500 patrons. Uh, Jeff, we've been really excited by the turnout of uh, so many wonderful people joining us on Patreon and helping us continue to do our bonus episodes and other great things. Uh, anything else you'd like to say on that behalf? No. Uh, what more can I say than thank you um, for your uh, continued support? I mean, this show can remain free for everybody, um, you know, except for our behind the scenes bonus episodes for patrons but other than that i think we've been able to do a lot of uh, great things in our last five years and we're excited about what you guys can help us continue to do in the next so yep thank you for helping us continue to celebrate our fifth year anniversary and uh, for all of you that are getting us to 500 patrons we appreciate it join everyone and join matt at www.patreon.com slash triviality podcast all right on to the swing around uh this is loosely inspired by um Frank Sinatra's That's Life. The category is puppet, pirate, or poet. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to tell me whether it's a puppet from either Jim Henson's workshop or Sesame Workshop, a pirate, notable enough to get their own Wikipedia page with you know actual content on it, or a poet, okay, notable enough to get their own Wikipedia page with enough content on it. There you have it. All right, so here are the 10 names in Puppet, Pirate, or Poet. Number one, Jose Gaspar. Number two, Floyd Pepper. Number three, John Drinkwater. Number four, Sarah Teasdale. Number five, Lionel Wafer. Six, Pugsy Hurley. Seven, Siegfried Sassoon. Eight, Abelardo Montoya. Nine, Assad Bouya Abdullahi. And ten, Horatio the Elephant. All right, we have all these names, and we'll decide if these are poets, puppets, or pirates, and we'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, 
And of course, stock ideas. Plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is partially sponsored by Zencaster, and we couldn't be happier about that. We love the product. We use it on virtually every episode that we do uh, to get our guests to come in clearly. Uh, they have a great program that filters the audio, makes it easy to edit, and stores it online for us, too. Yeah, it's a huge help that all of our recordings are backed up on a cloud-based uh, backup system that Zencaster runs. And that way, we just know that none of our episodes or none of our audio from our contestants are going to be lost uh, like it was one time, which is still embarrassing. You'll never hear it. Yeah, we can't control the Midwest weather when the tornadoes hit. Sometimes we lose power. It happens. Not only that, Zencaster is super simple to use for our guests and for ourselves. You do it right in the browser. There's almost no learning curve. Saves us a bunch of time and hassle. Thank you, Zencaster. And let's get those swing round answers. And we're back with our lists. Let's see how we did. Can we get the names one more time? All right, here we go. Uh, number one, Jose Gaspar. We went uh, with Poet. And we went with Pirate. And uh, Jose Gaspar is a pirate. Uh, in fact, he's the inspiration for the Gasparilla Festival in Tampa, Florida. You might have heard of that one. Um, I think it's just an excuse for Floridians to drink more as if they need them. Uh, question two, Floyd Pepper. This sounded like a puppet. Yeah, we went with puppet as well. I'm pretty sure he's part of Dr. Teeth's Electric Mayhem. And you're absolutely on there, Roger. It is um, a puppet. He's the bass player for Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Ooh. Uh, number three, John Drinkwater. This one we said pirate, because drinking water is probably something pirates would want to do. We also said pirate. Uh, John Drinkwater is a poet. Oh. Um, he was a frequent collaborator with Robert Frost, actually, part of their collective. And Frost, Frost and Drinkwater. Frost and water. <laughs> number four, Sarah Teasdale. What did uh, we say, poet? This one, yeah, sounded like a poet. Might be a and pirate. we said poet as well. And it, Sarah Teasdale is a poet. She was the right. 1918 Pulitzer Prize winner for poetry. That's where I know the name from. My Obviously. deep knowledge of right. Pulitzer Prize winners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, if you've been studying your Pulitzer Prize winners for poetry, that one was a gimme. Uh, next one, Lionel Wafer. What did we say? Puppet? You said puppet. And we said puppet as well. Uh, Lionel Wafer is a pirate. Mm. Uh, he was actually known as the pirate surgeon. He would help out with, with uh, you know, any cannonball injuries or Does whatnot he cut you until you're welfare thin <laughs> <laughs> off i'm full <laughs> all right next one uh pugsley hurley so this one uh can you get something different i was leaning towards poet if that's okay that's fine all right we changed our answer to poet as well uh, Pugsley Hurley is actually also a pirate. Oh, I'm sorry, a, Roger. He was a Hudson That's River okay. pirate. He would terrorize the Hudson River back you know, in the, the 1800s. You know what's great How about the you... Hudson River is when you dive in there, it's really good for your back, not good for mattresses, Ken. Oh, for the smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My chiropractor told me if I dive into the Hudson, my back will feel great. <laughs> Matt's loving the Seinfeld joke. I get it. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, but now I am. All right, number seven, Siegfried Sassoon. Great name. I uh, hope it's a real person at least. Uh, we said pirate. Uh, I hope it's a puppet. And uh, you're both wrong. It's a poet. <laughs> uh, Siegfried Sassoon was a poet. In uh, He got famous for writing poems from the front during World War One. Related to Vidal or no? I don't know. Probably I not. I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Abelardo Montoya. We went with Poet. And we went with Poet as well. Uh, Abelardo Montoya is, in fact, a puppet. Uh, he is essentially Big Bird's Spanish-speaking cousin. You might have seen him. He's the seven-foot-tall bright green parrot mm. uh, that is you know, similarly modeled after Big Bird, but he's on the Spanish-language version of Sesame Street. Wow. I only see seven-foot-tall green parrots in my nightmares, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eat enough... Uh, Foods on the Scoville scale, and you will see seven foot tall green pirate, green green parrots. All right, number nine, Assad Buya Abdullahi. We went with pirate. We went with pirate as well. And points to both teams. Uh, Assad is a pirate. He is a current, currently practicing pirate. Um, he's a Somali pirate boss. He passed the pirate bar. It's it's a bar. 
Uh, <laughs> oh. you're, well, you're welcome. I was trying uh, to last give you one. that low-hanging fruit there. I'm glad you took it. Uh, always. Uh, last one, Horatio the Elephant. Now, you want to say puppet here, but I'd like to think that's the nickname of a pirate. We said puppet, but now I think you're probably right. Uh, it is a puppet. Don't overthink oh, it. Uh, Horatio the Elephant is literally an elephant named Horatio. So we got three of those right, which is statistical, statistically likely. So, yeah, we uh, we picked up uh, three of those for fifteen points, bringing our total to eighty-five. And it looks like you guys picked up twenty-five over at Jasper Improvement Society, uh, bringing your total to one ten. One ten. All right. Well, those are the scores going into the second round. We are ready uh, for you to torture for uh, you to torture us, Matt. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, first question of round two. What pop star's name, first and last, is an anagram of the word Presbyterians? Um, no, Presbyterian. Roger, I think I have it. Okay. That's I'll, the, I'll lock in. That is fantastic. No, Presbyterian is when you only eat fish, right? That, that is correct. Um, only fish. No what about fish um, meat. somebody with the last name Perez or... Rosie? No. Presbyterians. Presbyterians feature prominently in the movie Roadhouse. They do. You got to. You have to be in the good graces of the church. Give, give your rent. Pray for your ruination. That's right. Emmett, one of the best characters. Um, hmm. Someone who has a Y oh, in their name. Uh, Britney Spears. Yeah, maybe. Let's go with. Yes, it. I, I, don't I like that. Think about the anagram. No, I, I think I think Britney Spears is, is. I like that. Let's do it. All right. Um, Roger, I put down Britney Spears. Yeah, that's got to be right. Nice poll, guys. And, yep, points to both teams. It is Britney Spears. Wow. Very well done. Okay, question two in round two. Alloy metals made primarily of copper and zinc are called what? I'm a little out of my element, so to speak, on this one. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, let's stick with our original inkling. All right. So we're locked in. Roger, what do you think? I think it's brass. Okay, that's good, because I believe copper and tin is bronze, so I yeah. also thought it was brass. Okay. Yeah, so let's we'll, we'll go in. with brass. Ken, how would Danny DeVito say that word? Brass. Okay. We, we also said brass. And both teams are correct. It is brass. All right, uh, question three. Which film character, one half of the movie's title, was initially known as Experiment 626, before being renamed by the film's other title character. We are locked in. Is there an experimental dog in Turner and Hooch? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down Stitch, but that's not right, because Stitch is not an experimental character. But, it's an alien. But Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's correct. Um, uh, so this is... Is this the dog Marley from Marley and Me? <laughs> <laughs> These are not uh, genetically modified dogs. Yeah, it only became an experiment the, at the, the end of the twist is that Marley, Marley did the naming in that one. Pretty much. Mm. I'm, I know Stitch is an alien, but I'm fine with doing Lilo and Stitch. I think that was our best thing that we said so far. All right, let's lock in with Stitch. Could be an experimental alien. Boo. Good for you. No, yeah, Lilo and Stitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is. It is Lilo and hey, Stitch. Neil, Neil was not Stitch. happy about that one. <laughs> I was just happy I, I knew that random fact. Now he sees it on the other end when That's <laughs> someone true. pulls an answer out. It's not fun. Why did you do the good for you? <laughs> I, I, when I said boo, it sounded to me like Christian Bale, so I was like, oh. I had to do it. So. Yeah. All right. And question four in round two. The first computer virus was created in 1971 as a test to see whether a self-replicating computer program could be spread to other systems. The program was given what one-word name after a Scooby-Doo villain? You might encounter this word while studying horticulture or playing Minecraft. Yes. And Minecraft, for sure. Yeah, you would know Minecraft better Uh, than I would. would Why would you know Minecraft? You're not a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Inside, though. He, co- he teaches 14-year-old boys. <laughs> he teaches yeah, Minecraft you, on if, the side. If you teach fifth graders or you have a fifth grader like I do, your life is probably dominated by Minecraft. So much All Minecraft right. in my class. All, All right, right, Jeff, you got any ideas? I, I think we have enough of an idea here to lock okay. in. So we'll lock in. So, Jeff, Roger, what do you think? I'm not, I'm not very 
I'm not very in, inundated with Minecraft. So you said that that clue was helpful to you. So what are you thinking? I think it's creeper, which also you could use in a horticultural sense to mean like, like well, creeping, creeping vines, vines and creeping like Charlie. That. Yeah. But could it, could it be something else just before we. I think creeper makes time. sense for a virus too. I right. Too. If it's trying to like sneak it's, in. It spreads. Yeah. I think we should go with creeper. I like creeper. All right. We'll go with creeper. Before we give our answer, I just want to say um, I've been listening to the Always Sunny in Philadelphia rewatch or, um, podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's funny that they call the people who listen to the show listeners and the people who watch it creeps, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, but we, too, said creeper. And points to both teams. It is creeper. We're kind of like a creeper because we're, our voices are in everyone's ears every week. We don't even know whose ears it's in. Yeah. Some of you, Whoever some of you have listen. come forward to admit that we're in your ears, but the rest Whoever of you will listen, really. Question five. The equator and the prime meridian intersect in what body of water with a 910,000 square miles surface area? I don't know how big 910,000 square kilometers is, but I have a guess. Yeah, so I the intersection of too. the equator and the prime meridian? Correct. I think... I don't know if you want to trust me on this, Roger, but I, I'll, I can lock in, I think. All right. I'll let you lock it in. Geography uh, is supposed to be my specialty. So what do you think? All I'm thinking about is the book Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, that's not it. Then. Which is not helpful. All right. The Prime Meridian <laughs> goes through England, I believe. Okay. Um, so we're talking about the other side of the globe. I think that would be about the Pacific or Indian Ocean, perhaps. Right. Let's say the Pacific Ocean. Let's let's if you if you're throwing a dart, you want the biggest target. I agree, and and Matt is living near the Pacific Ocean. All right, so we'll say the Pacific Ocean. I believe Roger that this intersects just below um, Western Africa in the Atlantic. That's what I thought it was too. Okay, yeah, which is what we put. We put the Atlantic Ocean. All right. Um, the Atlantic Ocean has a surface area of over 40 million square miles. <laughs> uh, and the Pacific Ocean is a heck of a lot bigger than that. Um, this is the Gulf of Guinea. Oh. Oh. Missed it. Missed it by. Oh, I missed, I missed the, the square mileage hint. I just ignored it. That's okay. After five questions in the second round, both teams picking up 40 points all in a row, but couldn't get that fifth question, uh, bringing our totals to 125 for the Tai Chi at Dawn and 150 for Jasper Improvement Society. Or as I like to call them, the Creepers. (laughs) All right. Those are fighting Uh, words. We're going to send Jimmy after you. Right. (laughs) Question six in round two. Who are the only siblings to both be inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame? Oh, Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it. Oh, you know it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wrote down the Parker Brothers because that's a board game brand. It's pretty smart. I don't. And do we I have think, to know their names, Matt? Or is I, the last name fine? I think Parker Brothers would suffice as an answer. Trey Parker and Tony Parker. If he asked us to be more <laughs> specific, we can take a guess from there. Sure. But, you know, that makes perfect sense to me. All right, All right, let's go with that. Parker Brothers. I believe the uh, entries in the Toy Hall of Fame are toys as opposed to people. Oh, so, no. So we went with Raggedy Ann and Andy as long as they're <laughs> I think they're siblings, though. <laughs> wow. Is that why she's so raggedy? <laughs> uh, that's going to take two well-placed beeps, yes. but uh, what is the answer? That's the right answer. I almost don't want to give points now. It is Raggedy Ann and Andy. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Took, move the, took the air out of the room. All right, let's, let's, let's move forward as fast as humanly possible <laughs> off of that one. Uh, question seven. Which U.S. state is the only state whose name can be typed using only one row of a QWERTY keyboard? We're locked in. Uh, we're, yeah, I believe we are as well. Uh, oh, are you trying not to look at your keyboard, Roger? That's okay. Yeah, I that seems unfair. I, I, we can lock in. Okay. You, you've got an answer? Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll I, say I trust your Alaska, right? I, my, that was my guess. And then after you had locked in, I did look at the keyboard to make sure I thought what I thought was right. And it is. So That's cheating. Is we a, locked in already. Hey. Uh, yeah. I started typing out uh, Alabama and then Alaska. And I stopped at Alaska. Luckily, so. it was only two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And yeah, both teams get this one. It is Alaska. Yeah, starting alphabetically from the top nice helps job, there. I love Jeff okay. typing out just words on a, a, an imaginary QWERTY keyboard just normally during the day, just kind of like standing there, just typing. Well, how else am I supposed just to, to figure make sure this out? You know I got to go through the is. motions. Yeah. Because it's not like I know what the actual letters are. I can't like write out a keyboard, but I can type it out because, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. All right. Uh, it wouldn't be triviality without a pro wrestling question. Uh, so here we go. Matt, can question you tag eight. team in real quick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which pro wrestler, a tag team specialist who has won world championships in multiple promotions alongside his real life brother, shares a ring name with a Jeopardy champion with one of the 10 longest regular season winning streaks in history? All right. I have a few guesses, but I, I just, I'm not going to get there you know, as quick as I want to get there, but we're going to lock in with, with a guess. I have zero pro wrestling knowledge. Yeah. That, that's about where I'm at. So that's I'm trying and Matt sort of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to go through jeopardy players who've won a bunch of games. If you can't think of a better answer, we're going to guess Terry Funk <laughs> from Roadhouse. I'm okay with that because which, I, which honky talk. I'm pretty sure Ken Jennings was not a professional wrestler. Ken Jennings uh, off the top. Or <laughs> I don't think Amy Schneider was either. Um, I know Brad Rutter didn't win a bunch of games because that was during the era when you can only win five. So he's famous for more of his like tournament of champions wins. So Terry Funk it is. It's not that crazy guy that just went all over the board and just drove everybody crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Something Hauser. Yeah, James Holzhauer. James Holzhauer. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to guess him anyway. He's a chaser now. Terry Funk. It is. There's always Barber College. Um, We knew of a wrestling duo that were brothers that have won a lot, been around a really long time, which are the Hardy Brothers and uh, Laurel. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy Brothers, the the wrestling duo. Um, And we know there's Matt and Jeff Hardy, and we don't even know if it's correct, but we just said we're going to go with Matt Hardy because of our host, Matt. Right first name, wrong last name. All right, yeah, right first name, wrong last name. Indeed, um, this is one half of the Young Bucks, Mm. as well as Jeopardy champion Matt Jackson. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) All right, although... I would love, I would genuinely love to have someone named Terry Funk just go on a massive Jeopardy run. It doesn't even have to be the real Terry Funk. It can just be That's anybody cool. named Matt, Terry Matt, if we Funk. fund you, will you legally change your name to Terry Funk and re-enter Jeopardy again? I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and it, without question. All right. From uh, two questions left here. Question nine. Uh, from Matt to Maddie. Matty Alou was one of the three Alou brothers that famously comprised the only all-brother outfield in Major League Baseball history, sharing the outfield in parts of three games for the 1963 San Francisco Giants. For 10 points, name either of the other two brothers. For an extra five bonus points, name both. What about I know I've their got children? one of them. Oh. Okay. Um, I know, I know one of their their kids. He used to pee on his hands. Yes, he did. He did pee on his hands. When he played for the Cubs. Yeah. yeah. Noted. Yeah, noted. Know. Peer. Did, did the pee make his hand hands softer? I, I guess. Matt, what was what was the name you gave us? Uh, Maddie Alou is okay. one of the three. One so the, I've got I've got one of them, Jeff. Okay. Perfect. Um, was it that one? I don't think it's that one. I have one as well, which I'm sure is the same one they have. And I just, I know the other one's name and it's like. No, the one I have is definitely not right because it's his kid. So let's just lock in with what we have. Yeah, we'll lock in with this one guess. So I believe Moises Alou was the next That's generation the child. Yes. Yeah. So he's the child of Felipe, which is the one that I have. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one. I, I feel like I heard this clue on another podcast like literally in the last month Felipe Alouz Maddie Felipe uh I didn't I can't think of the other one though I I don't know maybe we just go with that one I think we'll just lock in Felipe and uh guess Moises for our bonus even though we know it's not right (laughs) yeah we just locked in with uh Moises all right, and uh, 10 points for Felipe Alou. Uh, you might know him more because he used to manage the Expos and the Giants. Um, and then the third brother is Jesus Alou. All right, last question. Uh, let's keep this last one simple. 
Of all the names to be honored with the Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role, only three, Jeremy Irons, William Hurt, and Jeff Bridges, have what in common? All right, we have a uh, just a random guess, but we don't think it's right. This is a tough one. So what do you know about these wins? I'm pretty sure I know all three movies. I okay. think Jeremy Irons is for Reversal of Fortune, uh, and Jeff Bridges, I think, is for Crazy Heart. Uh, Hurt is Kiss of the Spider Woman. The only thought I had was that they were nominated once and won. Like they, the, okay. had, one, they had one shot and they won. Okay, I like that. This is this is for Matt. You said this is this is just for Best Actor. Just for Best Actor. Okay, so that's my only thought that these are these are one time nominees and winners. No, I like that, and I think it fits well with um, something simplistic. So yeah, that'd be insane if it, if. These folks were only nominated once, but it could be. We just said that they all played musicians in their winning roles. Okay. And actually, I might might have to go double check the only one once because that's not the answer I'm thinking of, but it's not necessarily wrong. Um, We are keeping the last one simple. This is so stupid, but I love it. Um, What does Jeremy do when his shirts are wrinkled? Jeremy irons. How did William feel when his girlfriend left him? William hurt. What does Jeff do at gymnastics class? Jeff Bridges. These are all simple sentences. Oh. Wow. Man. There you go. That's good. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. good way to end the uh, the second round. <laughs> uh, both teams actually only picking up 20 points in the second half of the second round. So it's going to bring our totals going into the final round to 170 for the Jasper Improvement Society and 145 for Tai Chi at Dawn. All right. So when I was thinking of a uh, five-question five category, I was thinking of famous fivesomes, and there's no more iconic famous fivesome than this. Your categories are going to be Joey, Justin, JC, Lance, and Chris. Uh, and I can give some, I can give some, some categories here. Uh, Joey is going to be a television question. Whoa. Just Justin is going to be a pop culture question, we'll say. Uh, JC is a film question. Lance is a history question. And Chris is a sports question. All right, the wagers are now in. Looks like we will be doing 30 for all of them, except for the sports one, because F that, right? And you guys are going all in with 30, right? Yeah, 30 on each uh, of all five. All right, let's see how that pans out. What are the questions? All right, here we go. In... The final round. Uh, We open the coda to this episode with the category Joey, which trailblazing Academy Award winner had a recurring role as pollster Joey Lucas on the TV show The West Wing. Mm. In the category of Justin, Justin Guarini finished as the runner up to Kelly Clarkson in the inaugural season of American Idol. Today, his most notable role is as tiny pitchman Lil Sweet, who magically appears to hand people the diet version of what soft drink? There's no this is, way. This is so, okay, very so there's, bizarre. there's no way you could possibly know this, Matt, but in our recording earlier today, we had talked about American Idol and American Idol runner-ups, and this came up <laughs> on the episode. exact question. And that's so, that's yeah. amazing. Anyways, so that's a freebie. What's, uh, <laughs> what's next? Uh from Justin to JC, what actor with the initials JC played a character with the initials JC in a 2004 film? In the category of Lance, before fixing their lances upon rival knights, medieval squires and pages would practice their jousting skills by aiming at a dummy target with what name? This word could also refer to the first stanza of Shakespeare's Sonnet 99 a stanza that makes the sonnet 15 lines instead of the usual 14. And finally, in Chris, what quarterback who led the NFL in passing touchdowns in 1988 and 1989 is perhaps most famous for an altercation on live TV with sportscaster Jim Rome after Rome refused to stop calling him Chris? All right, we will consider these answers and we'll be back. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All right, guys, let's bring it home. We have all of our answers written down, I think. Neil, all done? We're all good. All right, let's get the questions one more time. All right, so we opened the coda to this episode with the category Joey. Which Trailblazing Academy Award winner had a reoccurring role as pollster Joey Lucas on the TV show The West Wing? Yep, we went with Marley Matlin, who is great on The West Wing. Uh, that makes sense with this clue of Coda. What do we have to say on this one, Roger? That, that's uh, who we went with as well. She's one of my favorite characters on the show as well. Uh, yeah, and the correct answer is Marley Matlin. And yes, the Coda was a little bit of a, a, a nugget in there in case you weren't familiar with The West Wing, which why aren't you? Uh, question two, Justin. Justin Guarini finished as the runner-up to Kelly Clarkson in the inaugural season of American Idol. Today, his most notable role is as tiny pitchman Lil Sweet, who magically appears to hand people the diet version of what soft drink? Uh, yeah, uh, we had one version of this question last week, which is great because we knew it was Dr. Pepper. Yeah, from Justin to Kelly to pushing Diet Dr. Pepper, we said Diet Dr. Pepper. Yes, indeed. He's doing his best. Um, his best Prince impersonation as Lil Sweet, I think. And just right. to reiterate, this uh, this episode is being recorded mere mere an hour after that question was talked about the first time. So no way Matt could know that. Just the weirdest coincidence. <laughs> yeah, why 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 two quiz hosts would gravitate towards Justin Guarini on this day? And no know. berries and cream. <laughs> we want the berries and cream question. All right, from Justin to JC, what actor with the initials JC played a character with the initials JC in a 2004 film? We only had one person of interest uh, with this answer, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's Jim Caviezel. Yeah, and you're welcome uh, thank you, uh, for giving you this answer about an hour and a half ago, Matt. I'm sorry for spoiling your question. We also have Jim Caviezel. We, we're never going to miss this question. I, I, was, I was like, I had, so I, had no, I had no doubt that that didn't spoil anything, that this one was in the can anyway. All right. Uh, question four, Lance. Before fixing their lances upon rival knights, medieval squires and pages would practice their jousting skills by aiming at a dummy target with what name? This word could also refer to the first stanza of Shakespeare's Sonnet 99, a stanza that makes the sonnet 15 lines instead of the usual 14. This seemed like a riddle that we could not solve, so we just said the, uh, the old pincushion. Um, well, knowing that uh, Shakespeare's sonnets were mostly quatrains, we went with quintrain. Hoping that that was correct. And the correct answer is a Quintain or a Quintin. Give it to him. I don't know if the, the, the extra R in there, I think we'll take it. You know, Take the points. Uh, on Jeopardy, you'd be wrong. On Triviality, we are better than we're, that. We're soft. We're <laughs> soft. I, don't we're, I don't know if we're better than we're that. We're soft. We're soft <laughs> like points. We're soft like we're a pincushion. We're among friends here. Yes. yes. All right. And then uh, Chris. 
What quarterback who led the NFL in passing touchdowns in 1988 and 1989 is perhaps most famous for an altercation on live TV with sportscaster Jim Rome after Rome refused to stop calling him Chris? This one, I, I know who Matt was talking about. I'm almost positive it was a Los Angeles Rams quarterback. Uh, I just could not think of the name at all. So we just said a generic Rams quarterback. <laughs> but if you have not seen this video, uh, all of you must go to YouTube and watch it immediately. This is the famous LA Rams quarterback. You're right. Uh, Jim Everett who literally comes over the table, turns over the table, and then attempts to assault Jim Rome live on air. <laughs> and yeah, this is Jim Everett. Um, after Rome, you know, being sexist that he is, um, kept calling him Chris for the, the female tennis player, Chris Everett. And, uh, and Jim did not like that and did not take kindly to it. And this was before, this was like a beef before Twitter also. So this was like you had Jim Jim Rome had to go out of his way to really needle it right <laughs> there. After the final round, it looks like Team Tai Chi at dawn didn't do enough Tai Chi to get out of the grip of Brad Wesley. We only picked up fifty points, bringing our total to one ninety five. But today, the Jasper Improvement Society bled Red's uh, store dry, bled everyone else in uh, Jasper dry, and picked up three hundred and twenty points, making them today's the cream of the crop. I think today's cream of the crop was Roger. He carried me through oh, a lot of this today. It was so. a great performance from all competitors. It's a good silence. Team. Get back to work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we definitely. There was definitely times where we were able to play off each other uh, quite nicely here. So uh, thanks for being my teammate today and carrying me certainly where I needed it. And uh, you too. There's no I in Jasper, Jeff. <laughs> that's true but there is an improvement society so there uh, <laughs> and there's also an eye in extortion mm. there there is uh so before we let you go roger is there any uh shout outs you'd like to say before uh, we let you go today well if any of you would like to come and subscribe to our podcast roadhouse minute uh, it would be great to you know improve our number of listeners to from dozen of listeners to maybe dozens of listeners that would be really exciting <laughs> um if you want to go like a deep cut into what my, uh, my wife Marcy and I have uh, produced for the internet. There's a little podcast that predates Roadhouse Minute actually called uh, I, I Think I Saw That. Uh, and just really quickly, the gist of that is that I remember pretty much every movie I've ever seen. And my wife Marcy, she can watch a movie today and she'll forget about it tomorrow. Uh, so we, we pick movies, uh, movies that I think that are well-loved and we talk about them ahead of time, try to see what Marcy remembers about them. Uh, and then we actually watch the movie and talk about it afterwards in sort of a more traditional podcast format. That's cool. Uh, so uh, we're doing that. Uh, I will have other things hopefully coming out in the future. I've got some other movies by minutes projects lined up, uh, but those will th we'll put those in the feed for Roadhouse. And we're not even when Roadhouse finishes, there are other movies in the Roadhouse cinematic universe that, that we will be exploring. <laughs> some of which probably feature prominently in your book, Neil. I'm sure. Uh, I've, I've convinced Marcy that the first movie that we're going to watch in total for the podcast is Point Break. Oh, beautiful. Which she's never seen before, and I'm so excited. Oh, that's amazing. Well, vaya con Dios. Uh, enjoy that. I think it's going to be great. Nobody's going to buy me as a surfer. <laughs> uh, no, I can't wait for that. So thank you, Roger, for joining us, for, uh, for reaching out uh, on Twitter. Make sure you uh, give uh, Roger and Marcy and their show a follow on all the podcast apps and on social media at RH Minute. At RH Minute, is that correct? Yes, at RH Minute, because I didn't really know how social SEO worked when I set up those accounts. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, and Matt, uh, wonderful game today you hosted for us. You brought, uh, brought the thunder, brought the fire, uh, brought some great questions. Uh, the floor is yours. Any shout-outs, anyone you'd like to say hi to, thank, all that good stuff? Um, yeah, thanks, my partner, Gabriella, for being quiet for an hour and 45 minutes so I can uh, record this thing. Um, Emmy award-winning, Gabriella. Emmy award winning the, the Emmys behind us here flexing on everybody. Um, yeah. If you, you know, liked the questions. Um, one thing that I tend to do every summer vacation is uh, do some zoom trivia nights. Uh, and I'm going to, if you are interested in playing in those um, you can follow me on Twitter at Takimoto two, three X T A K I M O T O two, three X for information there. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us, Matt. Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. And to all of our other Patreon supporters, we appreciate your support. 
Uh, thank you, Matt, in the studio for making sure that we don't get our thumbs broken uh, with our bookie. We appreciate it. Uh, for Matt, Ken, Jeff, Matt, and uh, Roger. My and name Matt. is Neil. And Matt. <laughs> My name is Neil. That was Triviality. Thank you, Neil. That was good, Neil. So many minutes. Th thanks, Jeff. Berries uh, and cream. Berries and cream. I just learned re very recently that when someone says, let's get down to brass tacks, I always thought it was tax, T-A-X, but it's T-A-C-T-S, correct? Tacts? Brass tacts. So I, what does that mean, Neil? It's not tax, like 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 thumbtacks? Or, or like thumb, or maybe, I have no idea. I just know it's not tax. All right, guys, is it tax, tacts, or tax? Brass tacts. Let's, let's uh, take a poll. Poll. Matt, you're doing a bookie. What do you think? Me? Yeah. Uh, I am always against taxes. What are we talking about? Tax. I was right. <laughs> Ken was right. T-A-C-K-S. T-A-C-K-S. Details of immediate practical importance. Hey, for any of you out there who need a great platform on which to record your podcast, please use our offer code uh, at uh, zen.ai slash triviality, a trivia game show pod. Trust me, we didn't pick that. Uh, but the offer is good for 30% off directly through Zencaster. So if you're looking for the same excellent, easy-to-use experience that we get with professional sound, please check out the link below. Yeah, the discount code's in the link. You can use copy and paste. That's zen.ai slash triviality, a trivia game show pod. Links in the show notes.